Well, Oregon is a two and a half touchdown favorite against USC this week at Austin Stadium. If they want to cover that spread, they have to contain Caleb Williams. I'm being very specific with my language here for a reason. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. So if you have not already, like, comment, and subscribe, rate, review, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at Jace Medical medical.com that's j-a-s-e medical.com looking at this usc matchup the guy who everyone's attention goes to is caleb williams there is a reason he's a very good football player there are some people out in the internet sphere we shall say who you know are caleb williams doubters or they would call you caleb williams truthers perhaps or he's not actually this that and the other thing he is not a perfect player he is however a very good one He won the Heisman Trophy last year for a reason, and he did so on a team that did not win a Pac-12 championship or a New Year's Six Bowl game. That's how good he was last year. He has been almost as good this season. I think he's regressed in a couple areas, but in minor fashion. The biggest key for Oregon in this game is containing Caleb Williams. USC this year has actually been quite effective running the football, whether it's been Marshawn Lloyd, who I think has been battling an injury, Austin Jones back there, or getting the ball to their receivers, uh, you know, in, in passing plays that are extension of the run game. Lincoln Riley's been very good at that. Scoring points has not been the issue for USC this season, except when they went on the road to play Notre Dame. So when I look at this USC offense, everything starts with number 13. And when they aren't able to run the football, they get away from it. And they rely on Caleb Williams because he's really, really good. And you can rely on him at times. Sometimes he tries to do too much. But the key for Oregon in this game, favored by 14 and a half points, according to our friends at FanDuel, is containing Caleb Williams. Not just statistically, but literally. The defensive line and the pressures that Tosh Lupoi and Chris Hampton and Dan Lanning bring defensively have to be effective at staying in their rush lanes. Caleb Williams can indeed hurt you from the pocket, and he is a lot like Cameron Ward, except he is faster and has an even bigger arm. But when you look at the way he plays, his biggest plays often come outside the pocket. Now, Lincoln Riley is a really good play designer. I know everyone wants to dunk on Lincoln Riley right now because he's underperforming through two seasons so far at year, not quite two seasons at USC. That is unquestionably true. He is still a really good offensive coach. The weakness, as we all know, is on the other side of the football. The offense has not struggled. Okay. They struggled against Notre Dame. Everybody has a bad day, right? Like Daniel Powder's song, You Had a Bad Day. You, you know, the, you, you all know the rest of the lyrics probably better than I do, but I remember that song. So everyone has a bad day. In their other two losses this year, 42 points against Washington, 32 points against Utah. Now, seven of those came from the defense. Sure, that's true. So against two good defenses this year, probably the best two USC's face, they failed to reach the 30-point threshold. I understand that. What I also understand is that Caleb Williams can still score a lot of points. And when you look at what USC's offense has done this year, they have had some plays within structure that have been very, very good. 
And at the same time, this is an Oregon team that has got after the got after the quarterback very well and has to do so once again to force him to play within structure. I think what Caleb Williams has gotten frustrated with sometimes this year offensively is the hero syndrome, where he knows the defense is bad because it's terrible. And so as a result, he has to try to make a big, fantastic, super awesome, spectacular play all the time. And sometimes that results in turnovers. When he does that, when he gets forced into those turnovers, what's happening is he's looking for a way to get outside the pocket. If you let him get there, he he is an excellent, excellent runner. He's got good speed. He is very shifty and elusive, really tough to tackle in the open field. That's going to be important for the Ducks defense. But when he gets outside the pocket and looks to throw, that's when he's at his most dangerous. The scramble drill, it's like peak Russell Wilson, right? Russell Wilson in his prime made throws from the pocket. But once he got outside the pocket, the deep balls he threw on the run, that's when he was really dangerous. And that's when Caleb Williams can be dangerous. He's got a really lively arm. He's supremely mobile. And Oregon's defensive line. I I could argue even more importantly than sacking him a couple times in this game is just don't let him break contain. Make him make throws from the pocket. If you can get pressure up the middle that's and force him off his spot, that has been really effective against USC as it is against basically every quarterback this season. But the biggest key is when Oregon brings pressure and they twist defensive linemen up front, everyone's got to be able to fill their assignments in their rush lanes well, or Caleb Williams can be really, really dangerous. So I think that's the biggest key for the Ducks. Let me know in the comment section below or hit me up on Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks. DMs and mentions wide open. Curious what you guys think uh, is important in this USC game. I highlight that because when I look at the rest of this matchup for Oregon, I feel really good. And I feel good going into the game, by the way. Oregon's a 14 and a half point favorite for a reason. I don't think it's automatic that Oregon wins. I don't think Oregon can show up and play a C minus game and still get a win. I don't think they could show up and play their C plus game, especially defensively and emerge victorious. But if Oregon comes out and plays a B plus to A minus game or even an A game or an A plus, they will win this football game. And if Caleb Williams has to make plays from within the pocket, I think he's had a tendency this year to want to make the big play after coming off of his first read if it's not there. So if that's taken away and he's forced to run and has nowhere to go, that's how you stifle this USC offense. So I think that's the biggest key there. And if the defense does that, I got no qualms about this offense whatsoever. I mean, what do you have to complain about offensively for the Ducks? Special teams are are separate. Right. Kicking concerns, completely valid. But what do you have to worry about offensively? USC is allowing over 180 yards rushing this year. Oregon's rushing for over 200. That could line up well for the Ducks. The the Ducks could do what Washington did last week and go for 300 plus yards on the ground in this game. It could be a 2012-esque sort of game, except I think this Oregon defense is better than that one. So it won't be quite as competitive by the time the game comes to a close or winds down in the fourth quarter. But I also won't be surprised if this is a competitive game because if Oregon's defense struggles, sometimes that happens when you're playing a great offense and a great quarterback. So if USC gets this game into a shootout, that's the only place where they can win. The lower scoring affair that it is, that's going to tend to be one-sided because I don't trust USC's defense to be able to stop this Oregon offense, which can run the ball, throw the ball in the short game, throw it in the intermediate routes, throw it deep. Everything's there. Receivers, tight ends, running backs, everybody's involved. I think there's depth. I think there's talent, versatility. And of course, our guy, Bo Nix, a Heisman contender, is at the helm. And that's not bad either. 
So offensively, I just don't have any qualms. The, I feel confident in Oregon's ability to win this football game. I think the margin of victory, if Oregon plays the way they're capable of, depends on the defense. I, I don't see how USC is able to hold Oregon under, I, I think 38 points is the minimum. The Ducks will be able to put up here. Yeah, they changed defensive coordinators. I talked about all throughout the week. I, I think that has a minimal impact. It can only be positive for USC that their defense cannot possibly be worse. They're like 111th in total defense in the country. Okay, With the amount of talent they have, it cannot possibly be any worse for them defensively. So it could get a little bit better. But getting rid of Alex Grinch is not going to solve the underlying problems, which is it's just a team and a culture under Lincoln Riley that doesn't value defense at a high level. They they simply do not. So I think when you look at what USC brings to the table defensively, they actually do have some players. Like there are players on USC's defense where I'd go, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take them on Oregon. I, I, I'd take them. There are a couple players to watch for on that side of the ball and some offensive players that Duck fans should be aware of for the Trojans going into this game. We should all be aware about how great eBay Motors is. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Mine is codenamed the Red Rocket. Sitting in the garage out there, it's a beautiful 2000 Lexus ES300. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Go check out ebaymotors.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. eBay Motors keeps your car alive. Second segment sips. They keep this show alive. Let's talk about that USC defense. There are players over there that are good ones. They have just not been coached properly. And I don't think they play all the time with the sort of urgency, discipline, and and just tenacity that they need to play at their best. I thought this USC defense before the year would be better because of their personnel. Turns out coaching was still the problem, which was a concern, and that concern has come to fruition. They have removed Alex Grinch from the defensive coordinator role, and they have someone stepping up to fill in the interim. Now, I don't think this is going to happen with a Lincoln-Riley team, I will say the last time a subpar defensive coordinator was let go and a guy on staff was promoted in the Pac-12, it was Oregon State. And Oregon State's defense has has gone from, in that time, being a weakness to being its strength. So maybe there's somebody on there that is going to call plays and be much better. I still think Oregon's going to be in a really good position defensively. But they do have some playmakers. And the number one guy is Bear Alexander. 
This is someone who I talked about on this podcast once upon a time as a transfer portal target for the Ducks. Now, it turns out Oregon's interior defensive line doesn't need Bear Alexander because the defensive interior has been, you know, really good and really deep this year. Brandon Dorless, Sam Taimani, Casey Rogers, just keep got Popo Amavai, keep going down the list. Keon Ware Hudson's played well. They got plenty of guys. That being said, if Bear Alexander had transferred to the Ducks, even with all of those guys in there, he would be a starting defensive lineman. He is really, really good. Now, the good news for the Ducks is Stephen Jones has had a good season at guard. So has Poncho, the backup, uh, true freshman who plays all the time. Marcus Harper's improved in the run blocking department. And Jackson Powers Johnson is in the running for the best center in all of college football. And Bear Alexander is a true interior defensive lineman. That's, that's a good on good matchup right there. JPJ, Bear Alexander. That's an awesome matchup. There are three other players to watch defensively. I mean, Christian Roland Wallace, the Arizona transfer at corner. I think he's been solid, but USC's pass defense and rush defense, they've both been porous this year, so I don't think they've been great. The other guys that stand out to me, Kalen Bullock was an All-American last year, uh, had a pick six against Utah uh, in, in that game a few weeks ago. He's a good player. And then Eric Gentry is a safety that also plays down in the box. He's really, really long. He wears number 18. He's got a bunch of length. Like, I don't remember what his wingspan is. It's like seven foot two or something crazy. And, and you see it when he plays on TV. I think he got a hand on a Michael Penix pass last week against Washington that led to an interception in the end zone. You know, Penix was trying to thread a post route against a, a cover two and Gentry was, you know, the underneath defender. He carried the tight end up the field and then got his hand on it. I'm pretty sure that was Gentry. But regardless, he's an effective player defending the pass because of his length. You know, a Triquez Bridges kind of guy, but even longer than that. So he's an effective player. And then Mason Cobbler, linebacker, he can hit some dudes. He can hit some dudes. The question for USC is whether or not they are going to learn how to execute their run fills. This has been a talking point that a lot of people have, have discussed in the media world, talking to people who know football a lot better than I do. John Canzano, for instance, had Nick Aliotti on his radio show and, and asked him, you know, what, what's wrong with this USC defense? Why, why? They've got more talent. Like those guys, all of them are all conference caliber players or NFL caliber players. Everybody else, maybe less so, but why can't this USC defense be better? And our old friend Nick Aliotti basically said, yeah, they don't have great gap discipline. They don't run fill very well. And so that creates a lot of big holes. Utah ran all over this team. Washington ran all over this team. And I fully expect Oregon to be able to do the same, even though they have some talented players. So maybe that changes with the new defensive coordinator. I, I don't know that that's all going to change in a week. And I don't know that Will Stein, who has been really good this year and, you know, went into Salt Lake City and and basically kind of pantsed the best defense in the Pac-12 in Utah and scored on each of the first three drives when they didn't turn the football over. I don't know that that guy and this offense are going to suddenly get completely worked by a USC defensive staff that has somebody different calling the plays, but everything else is the same. Maybe you'll see a new look or two, but I, I don't know that they've got the time, you know, with a big game like this to change a lot of things defensively. So I, I think that the weaknesses for USC are still going to be there. They haven't been amazing getting after the passer outside of Bear Alexander so far this year, but really it, their inability to stop the run has been the biggest problem. 
And that is Oregon's greatest strength offensively. And as we know, the Ducks do uh, everything really, really well. But those are the players to watch for there. And on the other side of the ball for USC, they don't have a real number one wide receiver. It's been a curious dynamic. There's always been that number one guy in a Lincoln Riley offense, you know, CD Lamb or, you know, a Mario Williams, who is still there, but isn't really a number one guy or uh, Jordan Addison last year when he first got to USC. It's a very balanced USC receiving core. They've been using the tight ends a little bit more. Deuce Robinson, who Oregon was going after in the recruiting cycle, he sees the field. I think he's the number two tight end. Uh, basically, you know, is lined up as a wide receiver. I, I think that this USC offense is good at running the football, but they're much better throwing it because they have a lot of weapons, right? So you have Brendan Rice, the son of Jerry Rice, one-time Colorado Buffalo. Taj Washington is good. Dorian Singer, the Arizona transfer, hasn't had that much of an impact but is still there. So it's not as if, you know, the lack of a depth of weapons is a problem for the Trojans. Offensively, it certainly is not. And this is going to be, as I talked about on yesterday's show, a really good test for this Oregon defense. We're, we're going to learn even more about just how good the Ducks defense can be. I thought they played well against Washington. And this is the same, same caliber of offense. I think Washington has a better receiving core. I think USC has a different quarterback. Not necessarily a better one at the college level right now, but a different style of quarterback. He's a lot closer to Cam Ward than he is Michael Penix. And if you remember, Cam Ward came into Autzen Stadium with a worse receiving corner and worse offensive line and just a worse overall team up there in Pullman and went for over 400 yards passing. Now, Oregon also won the game by 14 points, and it was a late backdoor cover. They, they were up 20 late in the fourth quarter. I could see this game looking something like that, but I, I just don't know against an Oregon team that turned it over twice last week in the rain. One of them was not rain-fueled, one was. So really, there have been three turnovers that aren't the fault of the rain all season for the Ducks. That's the only hope I think USC has, is if they turn over Oregon multiple times, give their offense some short fields, and turn those into points. I think as long as Oregon avoids that, they're going to be able to move the ball just fine. They've moved it on everybody this year, and this is not a USC defense that is suddenly going to be the team to stop Oregon. USC is capable of winning the football game, by the way. Don't forget, in 2021, Oregon was a two-touchdown two plus a half-point underdog at Ohio State. Went in there and won the football game. So don't look at the point spread and think, oh, Oregon's automatically going to win. I, I think Oregon is going to win. I also think it's possible Oregon can lose if they don't play the way that they are capable of. But if they do... If Oregon plays, as Dan Lanning talks about in those awesome cinematic recaps from Scott Anderson and his whole team, as Dan Lanning talks about, play to a standard, play Oregon football. If Oregon does that, there's nothing USC can do. You, you, th th this USC team cannot beat Oregon if Oregon plays at their best. If Oregon plays down to USC's level, USC is good enough to play at that sort of level, right? So like if Oregon's at, if Oregon at their best is you know, a nine and a half out of 10, we'll save a 10 out of 10 for Georgia. Let's say nine and a half. If Oregon plays to a nine and a half, USC can only play to about a seven. But if Oregon plays down to a seven, well, suddenly we got a coin flip affair and Oregon might have to sweat this one out. I don't anticipate that being the case. I think that this Oregon offense is going to roll. I think they get over 40 points. And I think the defense is going to rise to the challenge because I have loved what I've seen from them. I love the depth. I love the way every position group is playing. The safeties are much improved. 
over the course of this season and certainly year over year. The defensive line's been awesome. They're getting pressure on quarterbacks. And if you pressure Caleb Williams, he'll probably make a mistake or two for the defense to capitalize on. Jeffrey Boss is playing the best football of his career at linebacker. Justin Jacobs has been great alongside him. And then you look at the corners and I say, yeah, Kyrie Jackson's an all-conference caliber corner and Jalil Florence isn't that far behind him for being just an absolute bona fide stud. So I'm a fan and I think Oregon is going to win. My prediction comes after we talk about Jace Medical because we spent a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits, talk about all that sort of stuff. We should get fired up about having the ability to take care of ourselves in a very uncertain, crazy, hectic, chaotic world. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics that treat over 50 infections to empower yourself to take care of you and your loved ones at home. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians for any treatment on any treatment-related questions. Doctor-created and doctor-recommended. You just don't want to be caught unprepared in today's world. You want to be ready at all times, which is why you should go get your Jace case. You can use the code Locked On for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Use code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. All right, let's get into predictions here. I'm not a big individual stat prediction guy, but I do have one uh, today in this game. I think Oregon's going to win the football game 48-28. to This USC offense is good, and I think that holding the Trojans under 30 points is a barometer for success when you're looking at this Oregon defense. If USC's score starts with a two, or I don't think they can hold them you know, to anything in the ones, but that would be really, really cool. But I think USC probably scores somewhere between 24 and 30 points in this game. I think Oregon, though, is going to be over 40. I I just don't see the evidence, barring a coaching change, doing something that has, you know, is really unprecedented, right? Even the, the example I mentioned with Oregon State and Trent Bray, that effect didn't really take place until the offseason. Like USC has an interim defensive staff. It's not a defensive culture. Their coach is an offensive guy. They'll be able to come out and they'll probably score early. They've been a great team on their opening drives this season. USC has been, which is not a surprise because Lincoln Riley's a great offensive coach, but he's not a good defensive coach. Never has been, doesn't have a feel for it, doesn't prioritize it. So I think USC is going to be able to score some points. I don't think they're going to be able to score enough points. My individual stat prediction is Bucky Irving goes over 150 rushing yards in the ballgame, regardless of what the weather is. I think Oregon's going to be able to run. I, I think the physicality of this offensive line is fantastic. And I think that USC's defensive line, Bear Alexander's a good player. That's the only impact guy up there, really. They brought in a former five-star recruit from Texas A&M, Anthony Lucas. He hasn't done much of anything. And, it, you know, Christian Roland Wallace, the transfer from Arizona, hasn't been able to make enough of an impact for this USC defense to have success. And uh, the USC secondary does not tackle whatsoever and we've seen Oregon against Washington and other teams that don't tackle well in the secondary run the football really well and if you if you're a secondary that doesn't tackle well good luck getting Bucky Irving and Jordan James on the ground if they get to the second level they will run through arm tackles period point blank end of story I think those two are in for a big day especially Bucky Irving I think they get him the ball I think James will have a good day too because of course he's really talented and Oregon is going to come out determined to run the football I think Bucky Irving goes for 150 yards. I think Bo Nix 
is going to be Bo Nix. Why? Because that's what he's been all season. That's what he's been his entire Oregon career, really. Just the same guy. It's my favorite thing about him. I'm not always a huge fan of change. You know, they say the only constant is change. I don't love that. I don't like change just for the sake of change. I like change when it's, you know, necessary and something that can actually make something better. But Bo Nix has just been a constant. And I like that. Same guy, recorder. I expect him to continue to be the same guy, which is he might go for 250 and two touchdowns. He might go for 305 touchdowns. I don't know. Depends on what the game flow is. Depends on what is needed and how well Oregon's running football. I think the Ducks are going to be ready. I think they're going to be fired up to play USC, even though it doesn't have the national allure of uh, of what you know it was supposed to have before the season. I think that Oregon is going to come out ready to go on both sides of the ball and get it done. I've got the Ducks winning 48-28 to 28 over USC to win their ninth game of the year and set up a final epic couple of weeks against Arizona State and then Oregon State in the game formerly known as the Civil War. So drop your predictions below or let me know on Twitter. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy the game. And as always, go Ducks.